everyone. Um, today on the line, we'll be talking about telehealth uh, specifically um, and kind of broadly what it means to receive services over um, Zoom or you know whatever platform that is typical client that you are utilizing with a mental health professional or uh, maybe a mental health team, a coach, what have you. Um, so yeah, I have Logan here with me and uh, we're gonna start. Yeah, so uh, I mean, when it comes to telehealth, it's really getting some kind of um, service like coaching or therapy or even like medical um, help over through like the phone, through Zoom, through any other HIPAA compliant device, like like Bianca said. And um, if you don't know like what HIPAA compliant is, like unless you're a professional like in the field, like you don't really need to know. But basically, the gist is that your health information is is confidential and private, and it can't be shared across people. So when they say HIPAA compliant, they just make sure that whatever device or whatever they're using to, to give you services, that it's secure enough um, to uh, allow like this, you know, because the internet and, and, and stuff is all hackable and stuff. So they want to make sure that it's all encrypted or whatever it is to make sure that your information is safe. Uh, however, with COVID-19, they've been a little um, looser on what kind of services can be used. Like I know that Facebook um, like Facebook Messenger is is now um, considered to, like the fall under HIPAA compliance and, and Zoom and a few other things that you wouldn't expect it to be. But if you're looking for services, you don't need to worry about that. If you have some concerns about your own private information um, when it comes to your health, you can definitely talk with um, you know your doctor or your coach or your therapist, whoever it is, about how they're following HIPAA compliant rules because they should be the ones that are really following those guidelines. Um, and following through with that. So if you're concerned about it, ask them about whatever services you like you're going to seek. Like how are you following HIPAA rules? How do you keep my health information uh, confidential? Um, and they can inform you as to the new policies and procedures that kind of come into place since COVID-19 is hit. And I always like add like a little bit of information on that is that no matter what situation you're in, whether it's in a telehealth situation or if you are um, seeing a uh, medical or a mental health professional face to face. HIPAA um, is something that you are well within your right to get education on. It is actually um, something that has to do with your rights as a patient um, or a client. Um, and so there should definitely be resources or your professional uh, definitely can and should be in, in educating you on these rules. Um, so, yeah. It's all about conformed, informed consent. And with that too, um, we even talk with our callers who are um, youth that HIPAA compliance in, it even includes safety around your own health information um, if you're a minor. So if you're the age of 12 or, or older, um, you really can uh, get your information protected from your parents if you need to. Um, and, you know, that's, that's kind of your discussion on, on whether or not you need to do that if there's any youth listening in um, or even parents listening in that, you know, that they, if your child maybe feel, feels uncomfortable about um, maybe some sexual things that they're um, experiencing and that they don't want you to find out about it, you can, you can tell them about that too. It's something like if they don't want you to, to know. Um, however, it's probably good to have a conversation about sex in general. Um, but that's not what we're talking about today. Uh, just uh, some information about HIPAA. Um, but when it comes to telehealth, um, 
really, I mean, the crisis line itself is is somewhat of a telehealth service. I mean, we've always been online in, well, not online, but always been through the phone. Um, and recently in the past few years, switched, uh, you know, started with the chat and text service. So, um, you know, and that's really getting some services around like short-term crisis counseling and resource referrals. It's not quite the same because we're not HIPAA compliant because we don't collect information that it, it regards mm-hmm. health or anything like that because we, about to say that. <laughs> yeah, our callers, our callers are anonymous. Um, and, and so with that is confidentiality, of course, confidentiality needs to always be broken if there's like any kind of court order or safety involved. Um, and we, and we, we're very clear about letting our callers know when confidentiality needs to be um, broken. And we need to do reporting and whatever it is because we like to be transparent with uh, everyone that we talk with. Um, but again, like our services, 1-800-843-5200, um, get, a, get a hold of a counselor and talk with them about what's going on. Especially if you're worried about, you know, just getting um, long-term services um, like a, a therapist or seeing your doctor during these times and how that would kind of work in that you can get a kind of sense um, through us, at least over the phone, as to what um, it may look like when you're receiving services. Um, I know that some doctors and therapists do have like a video conferencing that they use so that you can actually see their face and build rapport, um, which can be very helpful. Um, and, I, and uh, you know, I've been in my master's program too. They've talked a bit about telehealth and how it can be pretty effective for a lot of different um, treatments. Um, but one thing that they were they were saying that's kind of a bit harder to do, it, like kind of service-wise, if I'm remembering correctly, was um, a bit about... Um, like ADHD and like uh, defined disorder and stuff like that, where things don't really want, when people don't are having a hard time paying attention or even um, easily distracted, um, maybe even schizophrenia, things like that, where it's really hard to be present with a person when you're doing video conferencing is where there's some deficits there. Um, but uh, looking into, you know, not everything is shut down with COVID-19. So there is still some services that you can go face-to-face if, if it doesn't work for you. Um, and highly recommend that if, if this, this, this format doesn't work for you, that there is other opportunities and other options too, because, you know, physical health, mental health, are still like, like really a need in, in just our society and community. I mean, if targets open, most likely the doctors will be open to, um, to see you in person if you absolutely need to, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, um, I actually see a therapist um myself through telehealth um i'll be super transparent about that i think that therapy is definitely um helpful if you feel like it's helpful um so it's it's something that i i do as well and um so far it hasn't been super different it is different um than sitting you know, face-to-face with someone. And I think like a lot of us miss sitting face-to-face with someone anyway. Um, Like some of the people that we enjoy being around. Um, And then, you know, I think that the experience is is pretty, it's pretty much the same because I had been able to build rapport over a longer period of time with my therapist before we had to go into COVID. And so I I can imagine how hard it would be for somebody to have to see a therapist for the first time um, over video because it's it is difficult to kind of build that rapport over um, a live stream of some kind, especially if you have any connection issues. Um, I happen to have a pretty good connection just because um, I'm you know working um, from home and that's not necessarily always the case for everyone. And so um, I've kind of heard some people say that it's just really not the same. And 
that they kind of wish that they could see their therapist face to face. Um, sometimes it's difficult because you don't necessarily have the confidentiality that you would normally have if you were able to go to someone's office and um, just talk and not be at home in a room where someone else could hear a therapy session. I think that would be the only thing that was kind of difficult for me because I don't live alone um, and a lot of us don't. So um, there are some drawbacks to telehealth, but I guess for me, it has been, you know, an okay experience. Um, and I would say uh, that those drawbacks are for sure certain because especially if you if you don't live alone that you'll need mm-hmm. to, or not need to, but you might want to talk about someone you live with in a telehealth yeah. situation and it can be very <laughs> difficult to have a safe space to do that. And knowing um, uh, another thing that I mentioned earlier too, just about like checking in with your therapist or your doctor about how your confidentiality is done too, is making sure that they're also in a safe, like in a confidential area too. And there's some questions you can kind of bring up as well if you're, if you're worried about it, but typically they should be, they, you know, they're professionals, they usually follow guidelines, um, but it's always safe to just check in and especially if you're uncertain. Um, in that regard. And also um, know what's right for you, that, you know, telehealth doesn't work for you, um, that it doesn't work for you and that there's, there's other options. It's not required um, and not the only method of getting services. Um, I'd say for myself, just to self-disclosure too, um, I mean, I don't, I don't get therapy done right now, um, but I do have a life coach who I, I meet with over the phone. Um, it's always been that, that, um, that relationship. I've met him in person numerous times. Um, and gotten coaching from him like in person. Um, but the, primarily our relationship is done over the phone. And so that this shift hasn't really changed a whole lot for us. Um, and that rapport building was done in person too. Um, I'd say that um, a lot of the coaches that I've talked to just in general and, and, and what we try to do in the crisis line as well is build rapport over the phone very quickly with folks. Um, and we, we bring some life coaching skills into the call center um, to, to help build that rapport. Um, cause I think, uh, it's super important to build connection, to get, to talk to anyone. And, um, knowing that, uh, another thing just in general with therapy or coaching or whatever is services that you're going to getting a medical doctor that, um, it's important to have connection and, uh, it can be a huge barrier when you think that, or not even when you think that, but when you talk with somebody over the phone or through video chat and you don't have that connection right away. Um, it can take a little bit longer to build that, but if you know it's not a fit um, and they know it's not a fit, they might tell you, and you know, that's another barrier too with just in, in finding therapy in general. Because if you're seeking services and you go see a therapist and it, take, it takes a lot to seek services, you know, that, that a lot of energy to kind of cross that threshold of trying to do something to help yourself and you get connected with a therapist and it just doesn't fit, it just doesn't work for you. You know, they're either the modality, the personality, whatever it is. And it can be very difficult to, to try and do that all over again. And so hopefully with telehealth that that bridges us some sort of a gap by getting you connected with more people much easier than having to go yeah. to an office and make an appointment. Um, mm-hmm. But again, um, and, and we know it takes a lot to, to even do that. Um, and I really want to reemphasize the, the calling the crisis line as a way of trying that on if you are uncertain about needing long-term services. Um, in, in regards to your mental health is you absolutely can call us and figure out what it is that is going on. Cause you, not everyone needs long-term services. And even those folks who are dealing with mental health issues, um, it's not required for you to go see a therapist or a doctor um, to overcome your situation. It does take longer and it is much more difficult without support, um, but it's not required. 
And I mean, I, we highly recommend that you go see ser seek services to help out with an issue. And most folks who call us are in a place where they, they want, they're tired, they're tired of this and they would love some just additional help. And that's what mm -hmm. the services are for and what they're here, we're here for too. So, and, and just to reiterate on that piece that we, we have the, uh, we have the ability to um, do a three-way call. So if you're feeling nervous about contacting um, a resource that we can kind of help you through it um, and be, you know, a support as well, if you feel like you need a support and maybe you don't have that in a family member, a friend, or just, a, you know, a close other individual, um, we're more than happy to um, help with that and do kind of a warm handoff and if you feel ready to access those resources. Or even if you're having a hard time finding those resources, we can help you find those too mm -hmm. and get you access and do that bridge for you. Um, of course, if you call really late at night or overnight, they may not be open to do that, um, but we are open 24 seven. So at least at the very minimum, we can find those resources for you so that you can try at a, later, at a different time that where they might be open. Um, or you can call during normal operation hours for whatever resource you're looking for, and we can bridge that gap for you as well. Mm -hmm. Actually, I wanted to talk about another aspect of this, just because, and I think Logan can maybe speak to this as well. Um, I do a little bit of coaching as well, as well on, on the side, and um, it's been interesting from that perspective um, to do um, kind of over the, over the computer interactions when I, because when I first started, it was mostly face-to-face, -face. um, and it is, it is a different experience building rapport over telehealth, um, and I just wanted to give some insight into the other side of it, just because, um, you know, often that perspective, you don't get to talk about it. I, you know, rarely get to, to just stop one of my therapy sessions and say, how is this for you? You know, <laughs> um, and most of us don't hear their perspectives of the professionals that we work with. Um, usually we're seeing our, our, you know, mental health or mental well-being professional um, just because a coach is not necessarily um, your traditional mental health professional, but um, a, a coach can definitely be a part of um, a team or a part of a toolkit um, that you're using to maintain mental well-being. Um, and so it's it's interesting. I definitely I definitely wish uh, to be back in a one-on-one -on -one situation to be able to speak face to face with people because it is easier to build rapport that way. Um, I have been able to build rapport over telehealth service, but um, I there's something about, being in the room with another person um, and kind of building that relationship and, um, you know, getting to know that person's mannerisms and, and just getting to know that person and, and, and on that level that is different. And so, you know, adjusting to this new um, normal, I hope that it is more of a temporary new normal than it is a permanent new normal. But um, adjusting to this new normal as the person on the on the other side of that um, is also been uh, a little interesting, and 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 it's been interesting being on both sides of that. Actually, um, you know, being a person who uses telehealth services with my therapist, and then being a person who does coaching um, through like a you know through video, um, 
it's, it's just been a, a new experience. And so um, I just hope things go back to our face-to-face uh, situation. And I don't know, Logan, how, how do you feel about that? Um, I, I, I do also do coaching on the side as well. Um, uh, I mean, I get coaching as part of my kind of training program to be a coach and I do have my own practice on the side. Um, I, with my experience is that, uh, all my clientele and my, my clients I see, um, have been over the phone and I actually haven't met, um, really, I've only met one of them in person before, um, my current clientele. Um, and I, you know, as uh, how I build rapport is kind of making that connection. Uh, you know, I chat with them first before we even make a contract and say that this is the services I'm going to provide. Um, and I really do this work um, mostly to, to support people. I'm not doing it to like, um, I mean, I mean, there is a payment involved, of course, but like, it's not like something I'm looking to just use as like my only source of income or anything like that. Um, I'm really interested in really supporting folks. And with that, um, mm-hmm. try to build rapport off that first call and that first call completely free. Um, just chatting about what they want, what they're looking for in a coach and seeing if it's a good fit. And uh, there has been times where I've turned, you know, I've turned people down for coaching with me at least, um, and give them a referral instead, because, um, I know that it's not something that the, the thing that they're looking at for support around, it's not something that I'm really passionate about and want and looking to, to help folks on or that they, what they are looking for is not a coach. Um, and just being very clear with them, like, it sounds like you're looking for therapy or it sounds like you're looking for a consulting um, agent uh, around your work or whatever it is. Um, and also just uh, over the phone and it, it can it can still work, at least in the coaching context. I haven't had an experience with therapy um, and I don't use a video conferencing services. Um, it is it is way e- easier when you do. I have done some coaching over the video and it is, I'd say, better and easier than um than over the phone because there's a lot to more to communication than just your voice. Um, there's a lot like people communicate in so many different ways that are nonverbal um, mm-hmm. or not even using Absolutely. just full sentences <laughs> or even <laughs> words, just like little even noises can can say a lot um, yeah. or just the, the, the tone, the cadence. There's so much that goes into language that um, it's it, to interpret um, in a lot of the coaching modality that I've I'm learned from too is just like being very like if there's anything that's like uncertain, just like being very clear as to like what that what that means because a lot of people use metaphors and 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 in their language too or like say something that um, I can have an assumption of what that means for me, but it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing for them. Um, so I think that the building rapport piece is uh, huge. Um, in all regards in something that we've been able to, like I said, bring to the crisis line as a way of doing that over the phone is really trying to see somebody for who they are and past their problems or their behaviors or their emotional mm-hmm. responses to things as a way of, you know, saying something true about this person. Um, I mean, even in, um, I've been doing like just so many interviews the past couple of weeks for, <laughs> for new volunteers. Um, and one of the questions we ask our volunteers when, when they're volunteering is just like, how might you respond to an angry parent and wants to get rid of their child? Um, mm. And I mean, with that, it's like we're, I'm able to talk with them about like in the crisis line, you'll learn that, you know, if this is the response that you you get from, from people as an angry, emotional response, it's so easy to judge that person for what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Cause like, this is a parent. How could they say that about their child? And mm. it's just um, given the context of, of just that situation, like, you know, we really train you on how to see people quickly and um, in a way that is like 
you can hear what they're saying and understand, but knowing that the con, like just logically, um, I'll explain it, but it's not quite the same with what you learn. Um, just like, you know, they're calling a crisis line that supports youth and empowers youth. We don't talk about getting rid of kids. Um, this person wants help and, mm -hmm. and really shifting your attention and your mindset to given that this person is looking for support and help, what might you respond with? And, you know, I, I, the response that I, I've, I think would be like, you know, I'm so glad you called. Sounds like your child's really important to you and I'm here to support you and whatever that looks like. And yeah. then of course the conversation can flow from there, whatever it looks like, but really just speaking to you, what is important and what's true about this person, because if they, they wouldn't be calling and even saying that if they didn't care in some capacity, yeah. really just speaking to that as building rapport yeah. is like, you know, I'm not judging you for what you just said. I'm not a parent. I know parenting's hard. I'm sure my parents have had that thought cross their mind <laughs> at one point or another. So like, you know, it's, it's just really, um, really trying to see them for, for this person that's really looking for, for help and support and not this person that just said something that maybe doesn't agree with you at all. Um, yeah. You know? I think, I think too, and, and I think too, like with, I mean, with all of our calls, um, it's just also acknowledging that, acknowledging the feelings that the person has because if a parent is calling and if a parent calls and they say something to the effect of like I want to get rid of my child that person is very very overwhelmed um I think most parents um you know feel overwhelmed at times and feel you know like there's just so much that they have to do and especially now with COVID where a lot of parents are having to be teachers now um too along with well, maybe not teachers, but like class monitors, I'll say that. Um, and so there's a lot of, probably a lot of overwhelming feelings around there. And so just acknowledging, like, I see that you're overwhelmed. Um, and I'm also just acknowledging that right now in this podcast, this episode, that I see a lot of you out there who are parents being very overwhelmed. Um, and so um, I want to acknowledge that and, and, uh, also encourage uh, parents or guardians or caregivers uh, to also call us because we are a resource for you as well. If you are feeling overwhelmed with your youth um, or just with the prospect of um, another day um, of working from home and then working with your students to try to make sure that they have what they need technology-wise or um homework wise or whatever if you feel overwhelmed and there's just you know everything is piling on top of you at home give us a call um we can uh we'll speak to you or we can offer you a parent advice support uh line or we can offer you some other resources counseling um you know parent help whatever it is that um, we can provide for you so i want to encourage uh parents to call us if they're feeling overwhelmed as well um, and also just to honor that feeling of being overwhelmed because I know a lot of you are. And I want to just say some like bottom lines about telehealth too, is that, uh, really, um, it's not the only service that's out there right now. If, if, uh, you don't feel comfortable or if it doesn't work for you, um, mm -hmm. there's ways to get connected with telehealth and finding out what, you know, the, the safety is around that HIPAA compliance. And also just, um, if it works for you. Um, we'll get we'll help you get connect with you know either in person services or telehealth services at the crisis line uh, if you need it as well as you can try it on with us 
and that it, it can be equally as, fe as effective. Um, but know that this is not a, like therapy in general, coaching in general, not a one size fit all in any context. So really, um, it's, I know it's hard to really pick and choose and figure out, you know, who's the right therapist for me what's the right context, what's the right modalities. It can take a lot of energy. Um, but it, it does take trial and error and, uh, that we can be here to support you in that journey as well on the crisis line. So you can always call us, text us 1-800-843-5200, um, and just try some stuff on with, with us over the phone and, um, we'll support you in that. Um, or even if it's not the right time for you and it's just too much, uh, this is a free service you can use, um, or text us if it, if it is just a lot right now. So there's no pressure, no stress, uh, to just reach out. I wanted to take a moment, um, to talk about seeing a new therapist. Um, because some of us are embarking on that journey because of how difficult this journey with COVID has been. Um, it's now September. I don't think a lot of us believed that we would be here. And I believe I actually said this in another episode of our podcast that I don't think a lot of us believed that by September we would still um, be in varying states of lockdown. Um, and even if you are not in a varying state of lockdown, um, because there are some differences in counties in, in how they're handling the situation, um, you might feel some of the after effects of that and you may not be able to see certain friends because some of your friends might still be a little fearful about COVID and you know I am as well. Um, but um, seeing a new therapist is, is, is kind of sometimes overwhelming for people. And I want people to know that um, that first appointment that you have with your therapist is and and maybe and you know honestly depending on the modality which and a modality is is simply like the style of therapy or practice um, that your therapist uses. Um, a lot of therapists use like a lot of different aspects of different styles, you know, and and others use a particular style. And it's that's a very simplistic explanation, but. Um, that is there just to be able to give you some information. And then if you see a, a therapy, uh, a therapist or a mental health professional, they can give you more information that is a bit more tailored to what you're asking for. But when you see a new therapist, that is almost like a job interview and you are there to hire that person. Okay. It is perfectly normal to ask questions of that person and to get to know who that person is before you, um, start talking about your deepest, darkest secrets and um, maybe your dysfunctions in life and um, things that bother you. Um, and that goes for youth and our adults. Um, I think that sometimes it's, it's overwhelming and it's a little scary um, to sit in front of somebody that you know is like super educated and you might feel like they're analyzing you. Um, but I wanted to talk about seeing a new therapist at I've done a little bit of counseling um, as part of my education, and um, I always want to spread the message that, you know, you can talk to your therapist about why they became a therapist and their education and, and things of that nature. So you can get to know this person and you can get to know, um, you know, who really you're trusting. Um, I think that um, it's, 
it's difficult to establish those types of relationships because um, we often think that the therapist is the person in power, um, but that's not necessarily the case. A lot of therapists understand and are trained um, to give you the the floor in your sessions and to um, listen and understand. Um, they're not all trained that way, but um, from what I know, a lot are. So just to give the reminder that you're the person who is in control of your sessions and you're the person who is in control of how your relationship with your therapist works. And so don't be afraid to ask uh, questions of your therapist. Um, and like I said, you know, go into those consults, um, you know, with the thought process of like, this is the person I'm going to hire to like help me, you know, like and be a partner in my recovery or be a partner in, you know, just my my general mental health and and well-being. So like asking yourself, like, do you feel emotionally and physically safe with that person? Um, do you feel like you could eventually trust this person? Um, and based upon your own experiences, that may, you know, may or may not be um, a question you can even answer at that point, right? Um, just paying attention to how that therapist carries themselves. Is that, uh, is, are, is that body language that you're able to feel comfortable around, right? Um, does your therapist seem competent and knowledgeable? Um, and you may not know everything um, about mental health, so you may not know that. But I think one of the most simplistic questions that I have, um, like for me, uh, that I tend to, like when I sit down with friends and family who are looking to enter into a relationship with therapist is, is this is what I usually tell them. And it's a very simple question is, why did you become a therapist? Why did you choose to become a therapist? And you may not know the right answer and there is no right or wrong answer to this, but usually, if the answer makes you uncomfortable, um, then they may, that might not be the fit for you. And this is not an end all be all question. Um, you may have other questions and that might not even be a question that you're interested in asking. Um, but uh, for me, it gives an insight into um, building a rapport and what kind of person that you're working with. Um, and I don't know, Logan, if you have any thoughts or feelings about that. No, I mean, it would only be echoing kind of what you said. Uh, and I'm kind of in agreement with you about that. And um, yeah, it takes a lot. So um, I don't have much more to say. Uh, that's why I was like, bottom line, here's the things. And, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, I think that the, this, this kind of conversation evolved into more than just um, being about telehealth. And there's a lot of mm -hmm. good information in this too, um, just about how to best get support in this time and that telehealth is an option, but also it's not the only option. And so, um, thanks Bianca for having this conversation with me and I always enjoy our time on the podcast together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Logan. Um, you're always super knowledgeable and super insightful. So that's amazing for me because sometimes I don't have everything to say, <laughs> but I think, I think what I will say with, from this conversation, 
I think that it makes sense for us to start thinking about maybe bringing in a therapist uh, to talk about how to start therapy. Um, you know, maybe people might have some um, some interest in that in in this in these, this day and age um, with everything happening. Um, it's, it's it's just stressful for everyone in these in these times. So I think um, you know, look out for that. Uh, but as always, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Um, and uh, we'll see you another time on the line. We're listening to On the Line with Bianca and Logan. The California Youth Crisis Line is a program funded by the California Office of Emergency Services. We are a free call and text crisis line open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Youth, family, and friends experiencing crisis can talk to one of our counselors today by calling or texting 800-843-5200. Again, that's 800-843-5200. Or visiting us at www.calyouth.org slash cycl our hosts are bianca christian and logan scheidler and our producer is jason alviar